I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Welcome to the Kit Kat Club, also known as the Den Life, dear listener. It's a cabaret, and here we are tonight for the South East London Derby, the old El Spastico, the old bit of the old Spastico, the Classico of South East London. As you can tell, the ground is filling up very nicely indeed. Dino is prattling on with the Cholton team at the moment, and we await the entrance of the two sides. Welcome, by the way, dear listener, to Achtung Millwall. I should do a show introduction from any kind of self-respecting podcast. Welcome to the show. My name is Nick Hart. And I bring you tonight the clash of less than titans, in all honesty. Um, two bald men fighting over a comb or a pot of hair gel. Both sides come into tonight's match in less than um, sparkling form. But as Dennis Wise always understood, and I believe Neil Harris also understands, I hope anyway, it, well, you, you want to be king of your own prisoner wing, don't you? You've got to be top of your own little pile of dung. If you're going to be underneath or on top, there's only one place to be, that's on top. So that's the Lions... Um, task tonight as we come into tonight's game. Early controversy in the team selection. The relegation of Marlon Romeo to the bench in favour of Sean Cummins. What lies behind that? I don't know. Tony Craig starts. Um, what lies behind the decision to drop Romeo? I don't know. There's online speculation that the boy's unsettled. There's uh, is a move in January. I don't know. Maybe you know. No one knows really. Um, clearly, Neil Harris has um, pinpointed him as one of the uh, players to, uh, to fall victim from the last couple of uh, poor performances against Shrewsbury and at um, Scunthorpe. I, th- I think it's rather unfair, he's not played that badly, but clearly he's the man that's been pinpointed for the uh, the blame tonight, the scapegoat, shall we call him. So the Lions line up tonight, Jordan Archer in goal, across the back line we've got Cummings, we've got Hutchinson, we've got Craig, and we've got Byron Webster. Craig presumably filling in the left back role tonight, across the middle. Ben Thompson, Sean Williams on the wing, Fred, on, Fred Onyedema and Aidan O'Brien up front, Steve Morrison, Lee Gregory. There you go, it's a harsh game, football management, and on these decisions, careers and jobs can turn. So all of us obviously hoping that Neil Harris has called it right, 
and that this decision works out for the best. There's one or two online snipes already about his position. Um, I hope that it's, uh, it works out well. Talk of, of us being interested in some Scottish defender, promising boy for half a million, maybe Marlon's on the move out, I don't know. Got the pre-match tweet from Henshaw, Romeo dropped in favour of Cummings' pace and power. Bit of irony flying around there, the middle halfway line. Um, calls it a disgraceful, weak, weak, weak management. Great disgraceful decision, appeasing your mates and blaming the younger, says the middle halfway line. And the fat boy says the cracks are starting to appear unless Romeo has started to make move-out noises. No one knows fat, but um, I, I make you right, mate. This, it, it does seem a wobbly move, but there we are. Mickey's just arrived from the pub. He's had a few drinks. I've had a few beers. I'm a new lady. This is going to do your um, AMS career no good at all, mate. No, it'll be all right. I'm professional. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here come the two teams. Charlton in their red. Lines in their blue and white stripes. Very observant of you there, Nick. <laughs> I like to bring a bit of colour for the listeners. Oh, OK, yeah, yeah. I forgot we're not <laughs> in the like they they no They're often in the outback of Australia. They've got to imagine what it's like to be here tonight. It. It's a cool night. It's not raining. It's quite cool. A pre-match comment from Harris saying now it's um, Robin Carl Robinson, the show manager, going to have them cranked up for tonight. Most to be seen. Big atmosphere inside the ground. The ground filling up now. First big game we've had since the Bradford playoff yeah. back in May. Nothing really to compete with this kind of level of crowd and atmosphere. So uh, it will remain to be seen how the Charlton players handle it. Not bad, I saw a few of them got called cunts earlier on. We know warming up down up here. There you go, mighty Millwall atmosphere. Millwall. There it goes, what you call an atmosphere. It is, mate. Oh, my voice is gone. Cracky old voice by the end of the show, listeners. I can't, I've got to apologise in advance. Achtung, Mehlball. Den's full up now, listeners. I mean, there's a few seats over in the family section, a few around me and Mickey, the Billy No Mates in block one. Otherwise, it's pretty much a full house. As someone who's been on the pitch in the Lions Trust Cup, I've got to tell you that the, the ground is very intense when you stand in that centre circle. It feels like a, a cauldron out there. I mean, even with no one in here, you get a real sense of um, closeness to the pitch. I would not want to be those, those Shelton uh, players' shirts. I wouldn't be in anyway, but you know what I mean. In front of this kind of atmosphere, it's quite, a, quite an unsettling feeling, I would imagine. Away we go. Uh, to the sounds of firework, I would imagine that's at the Shelton end. They got their old ultra gang down here, and they the red division, the feared, the feared red division. All punted straight down to the Charlton from kickoff. I would imagine the Lions going to come out of the gates roaring. Atmosphere like this tonight. Oh uh, yeah, the old red smokes down the end of the ground there, Mick. They set off their pyros. Thompson trying to find Lee Gregory, the Charlton goalkeeper heads it, heads it for a throw in. Gregory's on it, flat in a flash. Three minutes into the game. The moment's gone. I think he's going to leave it now for Cummings to come and take the uh, the throw in over on the right hand side. Newell players clearly pumped up for this, dear listener. They seem it, don't they? They do seem fired up for it, Mick. And the Shelton players, I think, are just trying to um, find their bearings in the midst of a uh, of what for them must be a cauldron of noise. They don't get much of this down the valley, believe me. Come up for the sixth minute of the game. It is manic um, start. No uh, no rhyme or reason to all at the moment. Ben Thompson flying around. It's going to be a Shelton throw in over on the far side. 
What's that line in Rudyard Kipling? If a man can keep his head in the midst of all turmoil around him. If, if the, like the poem by Rudyard Kipling, Mickey. If you can keep your head with all those around you're losing yours. It's that kind of night. It is. It's definitely that kind of night. <laughs> And, and trust you to bring culture to, to this, <laughs> this, this lonely Millwall podcast, <laughs> And Cummings on the right, that was a decent cross a few moments ago from Sean Cummings on the right, so maybe we've got a little bit of structure and a little bit of logic to that, that defensive line at last. I hope I'm not um, tempting Madame Fate. More flares than this, it's the 1970s, Mickey. That's it. Ah! Well, ten minutes into the game, dear listener, and it's been manic to start off with. It's uh, you can't exactly say. It was a little wonderful flick on there. Lee Gregory inside the penalty area, back across. He's just behind Aiden No, Brown! Oh, that was a chance. Why did he not shoot? Opportunity on ten there for Lee Gregory. First big chance of the game. Should have scored. Chose to put it back to Aiden O'Brien, but behind him. Why didn't Aiden O'Brien run back for the ball? He uh, didn't think quick enough. He didn't think quick enough. All fours now for. Um, Fred to chase after on the right-hand side. Dealt with by the Sholton defence. Coming up for 11 minutes. Sholton broke down the right there. He stumbles in the penalty area, howling from the uh, Sholton end for a penalty. I think that would have been um, ambitious. It's not given, clearly. They've still got the ball on the edge of the penalty area. It's a shot from distance. Taken on the line there by Jordan Archer. Swerving shot. That had to be dealt with correctly, and it was. This is the most one-sided um, local derby in football. Um, was it 11 wins in 130, 130 years. odd years for Charlton? Um, what, quite why that should be, I, I, I can't really answer. I, I did read one of their Charlton tweets earlier on. They said they've beaten Liverpool more often than they've, they've beaten Millwall, um, which is odd. Um, but whether they can do the job tonight, Mill started well and certainly looked the part early on. Here comes... Aiden O'Brien, can he make um, some retri- retri- uh, retribution? Not retribution. Okay, make good on his earlier error there. There's a little ball into the box. It falls to Lee Gregory, back to goal. And hoof clear by the Shelton defence. It's raucous, raucous atmosphere inside the ground. Don't you just love it? I do. Do love a raucous night at the den. Nothing quite like it. 17 minutes into the match. That one chance for the Lions early on. Screaming chance, wasted. Apart from that, it's been scruffier than a... Wasted by two players, really. Wasted by two players. Scruffing an old charity shop on Sick Up High Street, otherwise. Just hearing that 1,100 Charlton fans, Mickey, got yeah, 1100 Charlton shot fans. over the bar high and wide there. 1,100 Charlton fans were coached in coached by in. Charlton at £20 a pop. The one says that 7 bus does the same thing, doesn't it? <laughs> and I don't know what that costs these days. I think it's about a couple of quid. quid. It's <laughs> it absolutely amazing the reputation that the club has, even in this day and age, that they're prepared to pay that kind of money to coach it here rather than travel on public transport. Are we that fearful? I think we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Do you know what? Coaches in our, it's the two trains an hour after the game. They don't want to sit, <laughs> sit on the stadium on the uh, either in here for an hour or they don't want to sit on the station for an hour. <laughs> I was going to say, I've worked on a few estates in my time which to the outside they look very, very intimidating. Uh, but when you're on the inside of them, they don't look half as intimidating as they do as when you first um, come across them. I was going to make that analogy with Millwall, but actually when you meet some of our characters, <laughs> yeah. I'm not so sure it is that, it is that fucking intimidating, isn't it, really? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> They've got some right lunatics knocking around yeah, look, that club. Look at the right next to where the new stadium is. You used to have one of the most fearful estates with the Bonhamen back in the day, so it sort of answers really young questions. So maybe they're justified paying their 20 quid, I don't know. Here comes the Lions anyway, down on the right-hand side, ball across the box. 
Long, 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 right over the head of Aidan O'Brien, 21 minutes. Launched forward from Joel Narcher on the 22nd minute. As it clicks past, it falls to Aidan O'Brien. He's got to do something. He's, he made a bit of a cock-up earlier on. I think the ball behind him was inaccurate, but he could have done better with it. It's a shot on goal. That's skidding that's gone through the shot on goalkeeper on the line, 22 minutes. Long ball forward to, to Lee Gregor. Goes down under pressure from the five. Little free kick at halfway inside the Charlton half. Referee wants that ball back by a, mic, a micro, micrometer. There's such a distance, very small, a fraction of a millimetre. Little near post ball there. Almost flicked on by Gregory, pots it back into the mix. This is... Oh, what a blasted wide by Steve Morrison! As we come towards the 26th minute, it fell in the path of Steve Morrison on the volley, had to take it first time. Little ball across the box from Lee Gregory. Morrison at a far post blast it first time, he's into the side netting for one moment. It looked like he got in the net, it remains nil, nil. Back into the path of the 15, now a little cross across the middle box there. First real chance of um, any, any description for Charlton into the near post ball there. Cleared by the Mill defence. Charlton, of course, managed by um, former Milton Keynes manager Carl Robinson. They, they got a shot of Russell Slade. They've had an absolute mincemeat machine. Uh, reminded of the um, uh, the spinal tap drummer that would explode on stage and have to replace the drummer. That's how Charlton managers work out. They explode. Beautiful take on the halfway line by Steve Morrison. He's Gregory through. Get by the 50. Grab on him off. I don't think it's a red card, yellow card certainly. Without howling for a red. He flicked it, he went past him. Long way out for a red. We'll see. It's a red. It's a yellow. He's hurt though. That's on his hand. Yeah, Gregory hobbling away. See how he performs. I know half of professional sport is management of pain, playing with pain. But he doesn't look right at the moment, does he, Mick? There's Ben in midfield, gets clipped on the halfway line. Referee waves play on, unbelievably. Here's the nine on the edge of the penalty area. And he gives that free kick, central place free kick. The referee getting called all sorts of um, shades, 50 shades of grey. Real chance to show a dead ball situation on the D. Pretty central, 33 minutes. It's been all Millwall, really. But as we've seen against the likes of Shrewsbury, we can throw the kitchen sink at sides and still concede one goal that wins it for the, for the opposition. So it's going to be the four that stands over it. Central position. What could he do? Shot into the wall, straight into the wall. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what, we, we've looked a lot more committed, yeah. a lot more up for it. It's a Millwall side tonight. Yeah, yeah. That's good to see. Shoulder free kick though. Just on the right side, about five yards into the mill half. 35th minute. Into the box. Bouncing around, a little hint of handball for a moment in the mill defence there, but not, no one else saw it, thankfully. Only me and my imagination. 36 minutes, it's been a right rough old um, spectacle so far, mostly Millwall, but Charlton do look like they have they've had moments where they might, well the central, Charlton have, uh, have had moments where they've um, got the ball forwards and then obviously their best chance really being that free kick opportunity a few minutes ago. 38 minutes, Charlton coming into the game a little bit in the last few minutes, they've retained possession better than they have done for about the bulk of the first half, um, they're spraying the ball around mostly on the, mid, uh, the midfield level, trying to work some space for a crossing, there they are on the, uh, the left hand side. Mix up in defence there. Jordan Archer in the end deals with it after a little bit of Keenstone Cops slapstick style mixing up, mixing up with um, Byron Webster for Lowell's type defending. Ben Thompson does well to win the ball back. We're trying to work a little one-two down the right-hand side. Now the Lions get a throw in out of it. 39 minutes. 39 minutes and the Lions get a throw in on the, about halfway inside the Charlton half. Launched forwards towards Steve Morris. It's over the top of everyone. Fred now, can he retain control? He can. Can he work any space? That's the, that's the, the next question. 
He's got um, Cummings on time. He can get the cross in. That's a nice cross. Right now! On the open coast! Aiden Bryan! Beautiful crossing from Sean Cummings from the right! The Lions come over and take your claim at the corner of the West Stand! One in the wall! Let's have a watch the replay, fantastic crossing. Bullet header in from close by Aidan O'Brien! There you go, the man told you who scored the goal I told you first. Wonder Lions coming for coming at a crucial half-time break. Two little objects coming down from the Charlton end. But then erupts. Would you fancy playing the middle of that in the opposition shirt? I wouldn't. But we should have been dipping in their balls in front. Here comes Morrison from distance. Will he try something? He's got two men in front of him. Lovely little free ball trying to find Aiden O'Brien. That's cleared by the Charlton defence. 41 minutes, coming to 42. Another little ball forward from Sean Williams. He finds Aiden O'Brien. 2 Aiden O'Brien on the volley. Fantastic goal. Beautiful stuff from Millwall. Long ball forward caught on the volley on the turn. Aiden O'Brien recompense on early chance. Don't leave off. What the fuck are we on about? Steve Morrison, not Aiden O'Brien. <laughs> This is why you're tuning in my show, listeners. You don't want accuracy, you want impressions. <laughs> Steve Morrison. One go, hey, Brian. One go, Steve Morrison. The voice is starting to go. I do like that bother on life, son. Beautifully pulled away by Morrison. Let me correct that. There you go. Perfect finish to the half. No more we've deserved. I thought we'd dominate that half, really. Showing about a couple of moments when they passed the ball. They've not shown much at all. Their only opportunity being the free kick that I mentioned a little bit a while ago. Talk about a world-class finish. Honestly, if you've seen that on La Liga or one of those um, goal roundup shows, you say that's the quality of the foreign player. But that was Steve Morrison. Beautifully taken from a long pass forwards. He caught you on the volley. Buried it in the uh, bottom left-hand side of the, uh, the Charlton goal. I'll tell you what, you forget. It's the big time, isn't it? I know we had the uh, game against Bradford. It's what, six months ago now? Um, back in May, so, so yeah, six months, seven months, um, and mostly we're playing deadbeat sides, uh, and the, the, the ground is flat. The football's not been great, but this is the big time. This is this is fantastic. This is what Mill's all about. Um, we want to get it back. Invest in the side, John Belson. Let's get let's get something going here. Listen to this. Full house. Place is rocking. Two great finishes. Got to be said. I know that's been we've been a little bit off the ball lately, but um, by Jiminy. They were good finishes tonight. I'm sorry if my, my dialogue freezes sometimes in these moments of high drama and um, excitement. The, the brain freezes slightly, the words go, and you come out of all sorts of um, oddities. Um, so I, I will apologise if I've uh, said any nonsense or misidentified any players. In the heat of the moment, it gets a bit difficult, and I, I, I freely offer my apologies to you. There's a the half-time break. 2-0 Millwall. You can hear the crowd's reaction. Old chap in front of me, must be about 70, gives the, um, the fist up the jacksie sign to the Charlton fans. He goes down for his cup of Bovril. Fantastic half a foot from the Lions' perspective. Two great finishes. Uh, just at moments where we were looking like we were going to go in at half-time nil-nil, despite dominating, we get um, our due reward for that dominance at the end of the first half. So, um, brilliant first half from the Lions' perspective. 
Uh, Cholton showed very little. Um, I know they've got their problems. They've got their off-field issues. As I said earlier on, we're going to hopefully get a little bit more on that after uh, the game today. I'm a Cholton fan, Carl Andrews. And um, we'll see what the second half brings us. Ring, ring, ding-a-ding. Happy Christmas to you all. Achtung, Milbal. A few half-time tweets for you. One here from Ben Hunt. I don't know if that's rhyming slang. Ben Hunt, he must be a Cholton fan. He says, Dear Metropolitan Police, um, the entire Cholton Athletic squad are supposed to be at Millwall tonight. They seem to have gone missing. Help, he says, plaintively. Play DJ P says, Hoof, hoof, hoof. Um, I don't know if that's meant ironically. He's certainly been effective tonight at uh, play, so I don't mind hoof when it's like this. Um, Dan says... Dan Wallace, I think. That says Steve Morrison is life. That's a bit strong, Dan. I know what you mean. He's a bit strong, though, mate. Barnsley says, get in the wall. I don't blame him. Richard Cawley, 2-0 Millwall. Morrison marking is a horror in the Charlton defence, he means. JJ, telling the boy Morrow where to put it. What a goal machine he has become again. Must be a photo attached to that that I can't see. Millwall Brazil says, you're a crazy team today. Ha, ha, ha. Richard Cawley calling out the Charlton defence. Lofted pass forward and the Mill striker, Morrison. Unbelievably, he says, he's unmarked. Loads of space. Volleys beyond Phillips. Um, Alfie says, I love playing Charlton, 20 years and counting. Well, it's not over yet, Alfie, but I know where you're coming from, mate. Teddy Nickel with the poetry of the English language. Shakespearean meets Ben Johnson meets Wordsworth says, fucking get in. Oh, Stevie, 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 Stevie Morrison. I think that's beautiful, Ted. Jay says, I bet the den is in complete meltdown. It has been in complete meltdown, Jay. Mark Litchfield says, um, keeping Cholton contained, like we have been doing, and, is, and, and be a bit sharper in attack, and there's a chance of a few more here. Finally, Mossy says, what a pass, what a goal. Oh, Stevie, Stevie. Line support um, on cloud nine at the moment, obviously, with that 2-0 scoreline at half-time. Achtung, Milbal. Here come the lines of the second half. I noticed earlier on, um, no, no let them come before today's game. Um, I think we were a bit better for it, to be absolutely honest. Um, I've never been a great lover of let them come, but there we are. As it is, we get Lennon Carney to crank up the atmosphere, and it's certainly cr we needed cranking up. It's been turned up to 11. Lions are going to kick off the second half, attacking a cold blow. Shoulder will be um, like a boxer on the ropes, but they've got, we've got to uh, be careful. They had moments in the first half where they looked like they could string a few passes together without any great end product. Here we go. We're away for the second half, dear listener. Early Cholton break in the start of the second half. They're coming down our right-hand side. They're passing the ball around on the edge of our penalty area. They can get a little um, goal earlier on. They regard that as a right result. As it is, it's into the near post, defended away by Tony Craig. Chance for Cholton, there's a seven. Ball across the box. 2-1 Cholton, the 10. Nice little work, work chance across the middle um, penalty area there. Right-hand side, the 10 buries it, 48 minutes. We can, can see a goal when we didn't really want to. Another flare comes down to the Charlton end. Um, loose ball really forwards and the, the, the 10 squares it. I think it was the 7 that put it away. Buried it quite well. So there goes the, there goes the two goal cushion. Another flare. Another flare, a little red flare down the Charlton end. They do love a flare. Charlton back on the attack now, 50 minutes. Looking a little bit more dangerous this second half. This is 7 from distance. He has a little pop. The 3 at the far post. Slack defending from the middle defence. The 3 almost crept in at the near post. Jordan Arsh is digging out his defence. Couple of Cholton chances at the start of the second half. One buried, one nearly. It should be two each there by right. See, they build that three. A little bit of sloppiness from the lines at the start of the second half where we should be um, um, clued up. We, we seem to have coasted our way into the second half and Cholton have come out with um, come out from the, 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 the gates flying. So um, we all got to liven it up a little bit. A little bit of um, nice football here from the Lions. Football forward from Cummings, finds O'Brien. 
back across the box. Who's this? Craig. Out comes to Gregory. Almost comic cuts. Offside for Gregory, surely. Yeah, I think it was. Craig found himself in the unfamiliar position of surging forward from the left. Um, it was a little bit like a lost lamb there. 56 and a half minutes. We'll need to exploit the midfield. Charlton's midfield looks very, very loose indeed. Uh, lines have been still been first to the ball in midfield, and some of their passing has been very lax, and we're first to the 50-50 uh, ball. But that said, the, um, having lost a two-goal cushion there, anything's possible, but certainly the midfield is there to be won for Millwall. Williams now is, is uh, Morrison on the right-hand side. Morrison playing that white, uh, right-wing role. All falls to uh, Williams. Here's O'Brien. Good ball inside. We've got Craig overlapping him across the Charlton box. Is Fred. 2-3-1! Williams! Morrison! No Williams! Morrison! 3-1 Millwall! Fantastic finish again. Beautiful finish, Steve Morrison. 3-1! 3-1 the Lions. How do you know it as much as we can A little bit of a, a torrid start to the half from, uh, from Charlton. The Lions have contained that. Just stop back there for 3-1. Fantastic finish by Steve Morrison inside the... You can hear it. Inside the Charlton panel here. Three goals to one. I don't know what it is with Charlton fans and fireworks. Other bangers got off down their ends. You hear what the Mill fans think of that, Carrion. 62 minutes, Lions lead it 3-1. Super new Harris. Oh, you fickle people! <laughs> Jealous, fickle, fickle football fans. They love Neil Harris now. Yesterday, uh, earlier on, they wanted him sacked. Mickey's been doing a couple of periscopes. Um, you're probably going to see them by the time you get to hear this show. But let us know what you think of the old periscope. I've never done it before. Live TV, fuck me. Um, you've got to stand in front of a camera and yap, yap, yap. Um, but let us know. Do you like it? If you do like it, let us know. Don't like it, tell us, because we can handle it. We're grown-up adults. We are grown-ups, aren't we? Yeah. We're just trying to make it for you. Yeah, that's right. We're going to do all this Arsenal TV shit, though. We're not no, going to stand around outside no. with wankers going, we're all dressed in Arsenal um, headphones and gats and T-shirts and whatnot. We're not going to go down that road. Don't worry about that, dear listener. Hoof! Hutchinson launches it forward towards Gregory. Goes tumbling. Offside, says the referee. Real crowd appealing for a foul on him. Not given. I felt we've looked quite um, more structured in defence. It's just the start of the second half, and Cholton do look like a side can pass the ball. And they just slightly pulled us apart for their, their first goal, or well, their only goal, rather. Um, but now the, the defence seems to have got its uh, mojo back again. And we look a lot stronger. 65 minutes, halfway through the second half. We've got multimedia going there, dear listeners. Mickey's got the old periscope running. And I'm trying to do a podcast as well. That's a modern dialogue. Have very first world a problem to have. Shot on the attack down the right-hand side. It'll ball into the middle penalty area. Shot from the edge of the penalty area. It falls to the nine. Offside for the nine. Little chance to try and shoot from the right hand side goes nowhere offside in any event. 69 minutes. Little substitution. Ferguson's coming in. Got Gregory going out, is it? Gregory going out, Ferguson coming in. I imagine O'Brien come more second. He took a knock early on. Yeah. Great performance by Lee Gregory today, dear listeners. Real standout um, player for the Lions this afternoon. This afternoon, this evening. Right about this afternoon. It's just a shit Crystal Palace. They look a beaten side, Mick, don't they? They look very, very, yeah. Uh, ragged, uh, yeah, ragged. Ragged, yeah. 
Their heads are down. They yeah. know it's all over. The mate. nine, the nine. Look at him. He's the yeah. nine down there. As he's he's got a bit of gloves on, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He just, he, he looks. He, he looks like he's out of it, yeah. doesn't he? Which is a shame, really, because you want him to keep it. But obviously, I don't want him to keep it too much. I want him to get. We want to get stuffed tonight. I'd like another couple of goals. It's a club that's in uh, trouble. We know what that's like. We've got yeah. our own issues going yeah. on. They've got some deep shit going on there, and that, that that squad really does reflect it. Our squad has done well tonight. Yeah, no, I think our squad's done well. Yeah, definitely. So standout performances tonight. I think Jordan Archer has not had a huge amount to do. He's done well enough. Um, Backline has performed very well for me tonight. Um, there was that what, little wobble we've described a few times. Hutchinson and, and Webster look like a very strong central defensive partnership. Certainly one that can be um, developed. Um, Craig in on the left side looks a lot better than he does in central defence. If he must play, then left is where he should start. Cummings has done very well for me tonight. Doing very, very well. Midfield, Ben Thompson's been absolute dynamo. My man of the match, Ben Thompson, tonight in centrals. Uh, Sean Williams done his usual um, very, very uh, polished self. Fred's done well on the wing. Very enthusiastic, lacks a little bit of um, finesse at times, but done very, very well overall. On the other side, we've had O'Brien, who for me is, um, you know, um, any criticism of him, he gets um, put to one side with the beauty of that goal for the to open the, uh, the scoring tonight. Up front, Lee Gregory, fantastic, usual um, physical performance from Lee Gregory. He's left the field to play now, but he's done very well. And, of course, the, the old master, the grey fox, the silver, the silver liner, Steve Morrison, giving his usual um, polished uh, performance up front. For me, man of the match, Ben Thompson, the man's been a dynamo. It's been a, a rampaging performance from Ben Thompson in the classic style. As we go past the 90th minute, we've got four minutes of overtime to play out now. 14,391, not a bad crowd. It's the biggest night since the um, the Bradford playoff uh, semi-final. Um, that was a, that was an immense atmosphere. Obviously, much much more at stake. Um, there's an old favourite song again, Mickey. There is Melfry Charlton one. Fantastic performance by the Lions. And there's an old favourite for you, Mickey. We're going to be right back after these messages to talk to Carl Andrews, the Charlton blogger. I don't know, I'll go and do a bit of Periscope. That's an old favourite for you, listeners. You like this song? I love it. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Milwei. Big welcome back on the show to um, Charlton blogger, Charlton fan Kyle Andrews. Welcome back, Kyle. Hi, mate. How you doing? I'm fine. Um, I won't ask how you're doing, but I just want to take my hat off to you for doing the show again. Um, fair play uh, to I, you. I just love sort of, you know, inflicting suffering on myself, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> you've got some kind of um, masochistic thing going on here, mate. Oh, yeah, definitely. Last time you and me spoke, um, Charlton were leading at one point against the, the Ian Holloway Millwall, and we managed to claw our way back off someone's backside, and the ball went in the net twice for a 2-1 win. Um, last night, um, I, I didn't see the same fire in the belly on the Charlton side. I, I was surprised if I'm going to be honest with you to start off with, because I thought that, um, you know, pre-match, the, the word on the Millwall um, coverage websites was that Carl Robinson had this team a little bit wound up, ready for ready to go. It was a big game for both clubs, um, given the lack of form on both sides. But I, I didn't see much in that Charlton side last night, which surprised me, if I'm going to be honest with you. How did you, what was your take on it? Well, I think, unfortunately, Carl Robinson's been in his sort of first few weeks in charge has been all mouth and, and no action. There's been a lot of sort of very positive and 
supposedly inspiring thing said, but it's had absolutely no impact whatsoever on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, but in fact, I thought the first sort of the first sort of thirty-five minutes, um, it was a, it was a fairly even battle. Um, I think you described it when you asked me to do this as a as a um, a fight between two two bald men uh, over a claim, <laughs> which I think was probably probably reasonable to describe the first sort of thirty-five minutes. There was definitely some fighting going on, a lot of battling going on, but. Not a lot of end result. Um, no, it was a local derby scrap, um, which is kind of what you get in these in these situations. Um, I, I, I felt, um, you know, it was it was it was a full on atmosphere. It was a, it was a great great event to be at. I mean, I, I um, you know, League One, as you'll know from your side and from our side, is flat as a pancake. I mean, generally you're playing teams that bring a coach load or two of fans and um, the atmosphere is, is is hard to get going. But you know, this is this is a local derby. Um, and that this is what the football should be about, you know. Uh, uh, reading some of the Charlton message balls, I mean, people obviously in the aftermath of um, uh, you know a defeat, they're, they're describing it as the other side's cup final. But I, I it, it's a, it's the local derby. If you can't get yourself motivated and excited over your local team playing, you know, then I don't know what what will get you going. You know, I, I, it just surprised me the lack of um, the lack of fight back in that Charlton side last night. Yeah, it was. I mean, like as you said, the atmosphere is really good. I think both both sets of supporters with themselves, apart from you know, the, the sort of their little silly things like the bottle throwing and the flares, but we'll ignore that. We'll draw a haze over it, mate. Yeah, print didn't happen. But sort of the general atmosphere and sort of the, you know the the actual sort of the, the banter between two sets of two sets of fans and the the chance in general was very good, very good atmosphere. Uh, you know, in terms of sort of you know. Doing themselves proud. I thought Charlton fans did did, did pretty well. Uh, made a lot of noise, um, and they were certainly up for the up for the, the, the local derby, up for the fight. But yeah, it was a full atmosphere, wasn't it? Wasn't at all. I mean, I, 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 what I, what struck me of the Charlton side is um, when when you play well, you pass the ball quite nicely. Um, it, probably the the difference between the two sides, obviously, we're far more direct. We'll we'll get it forwards in the, in the in one where Charlton may take four four or five passes to get it into the into the penalty. But there's a, there's a lack of cutting edge on the on the Charlton side at the moment. Would would you agree with that? The the, the strikers make the difference made the difference last night. Definitely, definitely. Um, I'll probably I'd say probably our, our best player, maybe 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 fairest our most effective player this season has been been Josh McGuinness. Um, right. Yep. Very robust striker. Um, and in previous games, number nine last uh, night. Yeah, yeah. Previous games, he's won every header. He's held the ball up superbly. He's brought others into play. He's been a real sort of talismanic figure for us. Um, and the, the games where he hasn't played, we've just looked completely dud. We've had absolutely nothing at all. Right. Um, but but last night he was he was completely isolated. Um, and even when the ball was going to him, um, he wasn't winning headers. Um, and I think that made a made a huge difference. Um, I thought your your strikers were um, maybe not winning every ball, maybe not holding up the ball superbly. Um, but they were they they had the edge over our, our centre backs. I thought Barrow and Texera, who are usually quite solid, decent defenders, play. yeah, at this level, I agree. Yeah, they I mean they have reputations of you know that Bowers played in yeah. Portuguese top flight, and the Texera came from Stanley Age, unfortunately. But you know he has a, a, a yeah, he's a reputation. <laughs> we'll, we'll come on to that later, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a reputation of being a, a decent footballer, but they just look you know caught out by. With, with, with fairness to Steve Morrison, Nathan O'Brien, sort of <laughs> League One chuggers, which yeah, I mean, great. I think I think what struck me and 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 when when we're on form, when we're at our best, 
and I think combined with the atmosphere last night, it's, it, it creates an intense place to to play football. Oh, definitely, definitely. There's you no know, denying that. Um, you know, when you know, you, you, I don't know away games you've been to, but we've been to places that I mean, Northampton's a lovely little place, but it's leafy and it's quiet, and and then you come to a cauldron like that, it, it, it must be a total change of. Um, it's a culture shock for some of these players, and I don't think they get used to that much of, of that kind of atmosphere. And I think at our best, what we deliver in a way is, is a relentlessness. I mean, the ball kept coming at Charlton last night. And, you know, I agree. I think the Charlton defence didn't look that bad. But it's, if you keep on slinging the ball into these areas, and in many ways the first goal was probably the, the, the prime example, in the end something's going to happen, Carl, isn't it? I mean, in the end you're going to get a chance and the ball's going to go into the into the back of the net. And that's really how it was for the first goal, the cross yeah. from, from the right. But I think... I think that that was probably the the slight difference in the first sort of 35 minutes where it was quite cagey and quite even is that um, when you did get the ball forward, there were slight signs that our, our back line wasn't quite quite there. Um, and there's sort of a few instances where you got in behind and you started to think, hmm, this isn't great, we need to tighten up. And when we were going forward, there was just, there was nothing. Balls were being put out of play, misplaced passes, uh, and your defenders were, 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 were tidying everything up. Um, so I think there were probably there were, there were signs there in those those opening stages of, of where the game was heading. Um, yeah. And as you said, you just kept. But you, you, eventually, one of the balls you put into the box, we couldn't defend, and it went from there. I mean, what I, I thought the first goal was always going to be critical. I mean, we we missed a chance. It was about the tenth or eleventh minute. Gregory yeah, was was through, it, and yeah. I thought, you know, when, when that the, the ball he, he passed when I would have expected him to have shot. Um, and then there was a, a volley from Morrison about midway through the half, which um, hit the side netting. From my angle, I thought it had gone in the net, and of course it's hit the side netting. So you've had two letdowns, and you start to fear the worst. I mean, we've been through games, I don't know how it's from the Charlton side, we've been through games where we've thrown a kitchen sink at sides and managed to contrive to get beaten by one goal. You know, oh, and yeah, I, definitely. You know, <laughs> when, when we missed those two chances, and Charlton were just starting to string their passing together just before the, the scoring opened last night, you, you know, I, I'll, I'll admit to having that little itchy voice that says, you know, this is going to be another Shrewsbury in our case where we threw everything at them and it just wouldn't go in the net. But um, the first goal was critical. I mean, I think, um, you know, again, from your side, I felt once once that goal went in, then you couldn't really see Charlton making a comeback at that stage in the first half. And the second one followed soon after, didn't it? No, I mean... The... <laughs> It's probably a very sort of cliche thing to say, but without the, without the first goal, the second goal doesn't come. No, um, true, that's very a, true. That's a that's a response. To, I mean, the, the way you defended that second goal was absolutely atrocious. It's it not not just me. The fact that you know Conza, uh, our, our player, that was attempting to to, to Mark Morrison slipped. Yeah, it, it was more the, the way that it, there was a, there were a couple of balls coming into the box just before um, the the ball that was ultimately caught by Morrison. Yeah, um, that we just didn't deal with very sort of tame clearances. Too many players standing off middle players. Um, and straight away after we conceded that goal, the body language was absolutely horrendous. And it was the same thing. It was the same thing Saturday against Peterborough. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Right. No, Same kind of story. Yeah. Second one's because the first goal. Head dropped. Energy went. No intensity. Um, looked beaten. Um, which. To, to take the sort of the Peter game in isolation is very disappointing when you've got a manager who gives it all the sort of big talk and, and attempts to motivate and inspire, and that's meant to be his, one of his, his main qualities. Yeah, yeah. And then to just put it on into uh, into Wednesday's game, it's the fact that one, it's happened again, and he's not managed to correct correct that sort of reaction, and two, it's happened in a, a big derby game. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, the, again, just going back to the relentlessness, relentlessness point I just made. I mean, the, the clearance was, um, you know, from the child defence. It was a bit aimless, and it went straight back to Williams, who, in the moment, I thought was a fantastic pass through. But I mean, when you see it on on, on TV afterwards, no, I mean, the defence was was nowhere to be seen. Um, Morrison still had to take the the, the chance when he buried oh, yeah, it. Yeah, nothing away from that. Yeah, no, I thought it was a fantastic finish. Yeah. And Charlton closed out looking quite quite ragged in the first half, and I must admit I, I didn't expect, um, you know, I didn't expect them to come out so well as they did in the second half, and to claw back the goal um, about the fiftieth minute, I think, wasn't it? That um, the, 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 the the score took place. I, you know, I, I I was struck by the fact that there's something in that team. It's not not a total lost cause, but there's a mental, um, you know, in terms of the result overall, there's a mental issue because in in terms of ability and passing um you know passing uh uh skill i thought Cholton opened up the second half in, in a way showing what they can do when the mind is right they came came out of the gates flying didn't they the yeah I thought, I thought after we, we'd got the goal back there was a sort of a, a few signs that suggested that that you were quite you know a little bit rattled um i thought we were coasting i thought we came out expecting more of the same and um Lo, yeah, lo and behold, Charlton could suddenly pass the ball, and um, we coasted, and Charlton came came back at us. And, and credit, I think, um, to that side for that because it was a tough environment to do so. Um, but of course, the third goal was was the um, again. I thought it was a defensive lapse on the Charlton defence. Oh, to be definitely. to be fair, Carl. I mean, you, you, about three or four players could have had a shot there. They were just knocking the ball around and deciding who would have who would have the uh, the final shot. It was again, not not closing players down, starting off players. No. 
no intensity, no energy, and just gone Martin, have a shot, mate. And he's not—he's not going to miss a chance like that. He's—he's he's too old and older stager at that level, particularly. He's, he stands out at that level, Carl. I mean, he's, he's obviously towards the end of his career now, but he's been around the track too many times to be given easy chances. And the first—the the first Morrison goal was not an easy chance; he had to be buried, and that took real aplomb to do that. But as you say, there, I mean, if the ball's pinging around your penalty and then it falls to the feet of Steve Morrison, then the odds start to stack against you quite quickly. And and, and that was really the killer blow three. I couldn't see Cholton coming back from that and heads did drop after that I think that was where I would um, where I'm a Cholton fan that's where I would really take issue with that side because you know it, it, even at 3-1 in a local derby with a big atmosphere it shouldn't be beyond your realm you know your ability to claw back into but heads dropped and they almost gave it up at that point didn't they yeah unfortunately I do agree that there was a sort of the, the attitude after that third goal was that you know we've given up we, we, there's no way we're getting back into this game um, and the, the collective attitudes of the side was was just was was embarrassing really. I mean, like you said, that the 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 goal after the break uh, it did sort of open the game up a little bit, and there was a sort of a a more positive feeling, uh, a sense that that yeah, we've got a chance here, we can get back into this game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that <laughs> there'll be me all fans to take this the wrong way, but the the the, the a Jose's goal was celebrated as if it wasn't just a, a goal that had half deficit, as if you know, as if it was a goal that's yeah, lead. it was there was real energy in the away end, a real thing that right, okay, well, it was game on from the Charlton perspective, it was game on at that stage, wasn't it? Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, a couple of minutes ago, we were yeah. hopeless, we'd given up, but that that gave us a real chance, and then of course, you know, again, another defensive lapse, you take advantage. And just the, the 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 character and the attitude of the side just was was embarrassing. I mean, the same thing could happen again. We could go down the other end. We could get a goal back. Uh, again, it, it, it's game on. Yeah. Uh, especially, like I said, in a in a derby game with that sort of intensity and that sort of energy around the place. But they just heads are dropped and they're given up. I mean, I don't know the Charlton squad, so maybe um, maybe you can um, tell me, Carl. I mean, I, w- w- the the difference I'd, I'd wondered. Um, the Millwall side was loaded up with. Products of our youth academy, Millwall fans in some cases. Um, ben Thompson, number eight, was playing for the shirt last night. You could—he was he a Millwall Mill fan, and it, you could see it mattered to him. You know, I just wonder how many of that Charlton side would you say are a Charlton born, bred, and, and you know, come through the, the ranks, so to speak, or are they loaded with more um, imported players now as a result of the you know the ownership? I mean, the majority of, of, of that side uh, now are. Uh, have experiences of of the English leagues, right? Uh, but they're not, are, Chol- they're not they're not Cholton through and through, so to speak. Would you say? No, or, they're not. That... I mean, there's, there's there's academy players in that side. There's a goalkeeper, right. Dylan Phillips, okay. Esri Conzer at right back, and obviously Adam O'Lookman, who's sort of the the one the kid that that everyone in the Premier yeah. League is after. Yeah, no, I was looking um, for him last night. But yeah. the 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 issue with with well, I maybe mean, not the issue as such, but the difference is that, like you said, that there's players that you've got, you've come that have come from your academy that are Millwall fans. Absolutely, that really yeah. understand this and really want this. Absolutely. Uh, whereas, I, I wouldn't say with Luke and Conzo, I've, I've ever questioned their attitudes, but they are they're players that are trying to that are. In a way, they they're using Charlton to as the, as the base for their career. Yeah, uh, no, I understand. They're not yeah. Charlton fans, yeah. but you know, they they've done brilliantly for us. Um, Kai Konza last night had an absolute shocker, but in the past they've done brilliantly for us. They're being linked with with Premier League clubs for, yeah, yeah. for for justifiable reasons. They're very talented players, and they can go on to play at a high level. Uh, and look, especially in the case of Lookman, um, but. You know, they don't. Maybe they don't have that intensity. They don't. Uh, they bleed red, but they don't bleed red. Is other, yeah. 
I mean, I don't know if you saw Ben Thompson, number eight, when, when um, at the end of the game, I mean, he, he went over to the sections of the crowd where his mates sit. Um, Morrison, when he scored the goal, had a vest on with a dedicated to his brother who had passed away a couple of years ago. I didn't get that same sense of um, togetherness somehow from that Charlton squad. I think I mean, that can be summed up by what happened uh, at full time with our team. Uh, in a sense that most of them had their head bowed, mm. most of them trying to trying to just get straight down the tunnel. Uh, any attempt by any of them to sort of like sheepishly acknowledge the away um, away end was sort of met with boos. Uh, and the only player that, that that sort of bothered to fight the boos was was Johnny Jackson, who has been you know he's, he's the club legend. He's yeah, been yeah, with, yeah. Been he's a name. Yeah, since yeah. over two hundred appearances, always always fights for the shirt. Um, he's he's it's in fairness to him, he's getting on a bit. He hasn't got the pace he had. Uh, he's a very limited player now, but he still does a job. He still he still puts absolutely everything into his performances, and he's got uh, a connection with with supporters that supporters don't have with any other player, and they don't have with their own club at the moment. Uh, so uh, at full time, he he stood and acknowledged the the away fans for 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 quite an extended period. Yeah, um, and I think that that sort of sums it up in a way in that the only sort of player with any sort of understand prop. Oh, no, I wouldn't say anyone, but a, a proper understanding of what this game means and what this club means to its, its fans yeah. is one that, in his, his last years, is now quite a limited player. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, Russell Slade, I mean, did you agree with him? Departing? He was sacked, I believe, Kyle, is that, am I correct? Or, yeah. Um, did you agree with that? I mean, I've always thought of Russell Slade when, when Charlton took him on at the start of the season. I thought, well, you know, that wasn't a bad appointment. I thought, here we go. This is going to be, a, you know, that he'll, he'll pull Charlton together despite the off-field um, ructions. Um, he's left quite early in the season. Did you agree with that, or was was that, um, you know, was that controversial at the, at the Valley, or how did how did you see that? I mean, that, that uh, first of all, I do agree with you, especially in the context of, of what had gone before. He was a good appointment. Yeah, um, it was an experienced English coach that understood League One, and it was what we needed. It wasn't another Carol Fry or yeah. Guy lose on, you know, wasn't one, form, wasn't one of yeah. Chalet's mates. It was yeah. someone that could challenge the regime, who could make their own decisions, uh, and knew what was required to, to compete in this division. Yeah, because uh, I think that what may what while you can go and recruit uh, uh, a talented coach from overseas, the, the 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 football league, all the leagues are very unique, and I think you do need to have experience of them to, to fully grasp Absolutely. what you Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. I think myself and the majority of Charlton supporters were, were pleasantly su- surprised that we'd appointed an English coach and were, were willing to get behind him. Uh, I think his time in charge was was mixed. Right. Um, he he definitely um, made a difference, um, not just in terms of, of being able to sign players that had, had impressed at this level before, uh, but he, he, there, was a, there was a stable base to the side. The defence were doing quite well. Uh not so great going forward. He was over, overly cautious. Um, there were games where, if we'd put a little bit more into it going forward, we might have got, you might have got some more. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, he was he was being muscle slave basically. He, he he had, despite I mean, he thought the reputation of sort of getting smaller clubs to work incredibly hard and overachieve, and he was sort of applying that same sort of mentality to uh, a club that. I don't like saying that we're a big club because we're not. But you know what I mean. We're uh, you have, have been. You have been. Yeah. Yes. 
expectations. Well, we've got a big summer. stadium, mate. I tell you, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, we've got a big stadium. We've got plenty of seats. We've got some seats. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got, we've got some nice grass, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, a 46 game season, and like I say, I mean, you know, without having seen um, much of Cholton um, at all, to be, to be honest, I was impressed with the Russell Slade appointment, and he's gone. You know, maybe not even twenty games on 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 the on the scoreboard, and um, you know, is is this indicative of what's going on off the field for you? Yeah, yeah. Is, is, it, is, is that the story? Yeah, the, the way it was done as well. So a couple of weeks before he was sacked, you've got Catherine Mayer, the CEO. Um, yeah. So I didn't have a little chat on Talksport saying, oh, you know, he's the he's basically the, the future of the club. But right behind him, he's going to make a big difference. And then two weeks later, he's he's, he's gone. Yeah. It, it, it it's and it's it's happened every single time. Um, that Catherine Mary's offered a full support to to uh, uh, manager or head coach, and then a week later they're gone. Um, She's like poison ivy, she is, isn't she? Um, I mean, even even the appointment of Carl Robinson. I mean, again, you know, um, not a bad appointment. I mean, you know, he, he did okay at Milton Keynes. I think he got them into the um, into the, into into the championship, didn't he? And or he's, yep. he's in management at that level, so he's not a total. Um, he's not a wreck. Um, but I'm guessing that any manager that goes in there, you're basically going in there for the money because you're going to be trying to control a, a ship that's, that's rudderless at the moment overall in club terms. I think Robinson's coming uh, with a sense of naivety. Uh, I don't think he fully understands what he's got himself into. I think you'll understand um, after last night, Kyle, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah <laughs> what he's saying and the tone in what he's saying is changing. Right. It's, it's, to begin with, it's all, we're a massive club. Um, we're brilliant. We're fantastic. All this sort of... This stuff that just washes <laughs> over the board that have suffered for God yeah. knows how long. Yeah. Uh, but it was all sort of very Churchillian, very sort of motivational, very sort of, I've come to a big, massive club that shouldn't be here and we're going to get promoted and we're brilliant and wonderful. And he was sort of giving off this whole, you know, oh, the owner's brilliant and the CEO's brilliant and I've had lovely chats with them and, and you know, no, no one was falling for it. Um We've, we've moved on to the subject of the uh, ownership, and I'm going to give you a chance to have a sip of water and calm your nerves now, because we're going to mention the, the, the name of the owner, Roland du Châtelet. I think that's the correct pronunciation of his name. Um, I mean, he's been in, uh, the owner of Cholton now for, is it a couple of years now, Kyle? Or is it's coming out to three years. Three years. I mean, I've, I've had a, a listen, a couple of great um, podcasts, anyone that's interested in this. I think all football fans should be interested in this storyline because it's um there's too much of too many of these clubs now around the leagues with problems we've got our own set of problems at Millwall but this is a, a different um it's more like a civil war you got going on there Carl which I Yeah that's that's a very good way of describing it. You know I mean I I, I compare it um with the Millwall situation which for better or for worse we have our backs to the wall and we're fighting outwards well you know that's 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 in the middle blood. That's that's if you if you ever want any situation, that's what you want. Whereas Charlton is tearing itself apart um, from the top down the support base, and I think that's you know it, it, it's it, it's it's a it's a tragedy really. What what you're seeing. I mean, I, when the game finished last night, I, I, I said to um, a mate of mine, I said, I, you know, as a, as a squad, I mean, there's there's moments where Charlton looked like they had something, but you could easily easily see this developing into a relegation fight for that that squad because they don't have the the mental fire. But I'm guessing the off field problems extend into the playing squad as well, don't they? It, it, you, you're trying to you're trying to fight for somebody that don't want to fight back for you. I think every every single sort of issue or fault with the club at the moment, in in some way, um, links back to the ownership. It all it's all it's all interconnected. Um, 
but yeah, you're 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 definitely right in saying that it's it's a civil war uh, between between club and supporters, which is, is the worst thing about it. Is the fact that so many supporters feel disconnected. Um, you know, Cheltenham have a history of 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 their supporters being being very important and uh, yeah, fighting for the club. You know, the back back to the valley thing. It's always mentioned. A, it's almost a community um, club tradition. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is, know. and that's something that's always mentioned when people um, oppose Chastelay. Is that he's destroyed that sense of community. It is now just. Um, a very, very fragile fan base, um, of which many are, are no longer attending, or many have, have lost the sort of the, the love and connection they have with the club. Um, and there's no because because there's no there's no the, the club that they're trying to gather around hasn't got the identity that it once had. No, I mean the, the podcast I was referring to is called Getting to Know the Network, and I'd recommend anyone that listens to this. It's to, a fantastic. Piece it's, a, it's a very pro, it's a very professionally produced piece of work, Carl. I mean, whoever's made it, I off my cap at them because it's it's a real kind of documentary style production with interviews with um ex-players chris powell and, and, and others um but what's what's fascinating if if that's the right word i'm not sure it is the right word is um this this bloke de chatelet is a, a belgian billionaire i believe and he's got like a million. millionaire don't, don't give him that much credit all right millionaire all right um but he's got a network of clubs across europe so we're, we're talking about standard liege i believe is it, or is it antwerp carl can you um stand, he, he doesn't know them anymore but he owns standard liege to begin with charlton um, obviously and, and others are others around europe yeah, he's got another Belgian club, um, right. STTV. He's got uh, a, a club in Spain. He's got a club in Germany. Um, sort of second division clubs, very similar so to, ch- to, to Charlton. So Charlton, in effect, has become a kind of a satellite of a, of a, or a network, I think, as, as, and the, the podcast uh, describes it very well, where players are almost interchanged as, as and it's his um, his view on who should play where, pretty much. He's almost telling managers on selection and, and, and tactics, I believe. I mean, as as is as is sort of um, revealed in that in that uh, podcast, is the fact that um, when Du Chatelet first took over, he was telling Chris Powell to pick. Yeah, which um, is incredible, and, you know. Um... And whilst that sort of there's this sort of suggestion that you know he's learning from his mistakes and that those sort of things aren't <laughs> happening anymore, he did a he did an interview with uh, Belgian TV at the weekend where he suggested um, not only that. Um, Chris Powell was stupid for ignoring his advice, yeah. uh, and that anyone who agrees with Chris Powell is stupid. So basically, so in effect, I actually quite directly calling all the, all of his all chance supporters stupid. Um, that's, that's a great marketing was, move, mate. That's a great yeah, marketing fantastic, move. fantastic. <laughs> um, and then when it, he was then asked, oh, if the Belgian Belgian FA sent an email to uh, Roberto Martinez telling him who to telling him who to pick, is that okay? And he's like, yeah, that's completely fine. So he's got he's got no idea about football. No the man idea. Is, what the man is about. clearly potty. Um, I mean, I know that um, Catrian Mirez is is his stooge at the Valley. He does, basically does his bidding, I suppose, at, at the club. Um, can you, in a nutshell, for an outsider that's watching on, is, is there any sense at Charlton what what their end game is here? I mean, is it? Because I mean, at the moment the club is clearly in decline. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not saying that for any other reason other than what I saw last night and what I pick up on the on the Twitter and follow I follow yourself and others just to keep an eye on this. And, and clearly the club's on on a spiral. The, the uh, season ticket holders staying away. Crowds are clearly down on what they have been. Um, is there an end game? What's what's their purpose here, Kyle? Are they? I mean, we, at least at the den we can understand what the opposition want to do. But I'm not. I'm failing to see what what he's trying to get here going, you know, um, because it's not working at the moment for him, is it? You know as much as I do. I've got right, okay. no, no idea. And, and every other Charlton fan is the same. And that's been, that's been the case from the start. 
Um, <laughs> so there's no what, sense what is, of it extra, asset stripping yeah. that you're going to finish up playing at Dartford and that's going to be built on or anything? Uh, I mean, that, that is a worry. That is a worry. Um, and also, it, 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 there's that the, there are there are some that, that that like to defend him because he's he's put money into the club and yeah. uh, in in a way financially we're we're okay. But it's it's a loan. He's he's loaning into the club from his 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 company right. um, with quite a high interest. Um, so you know we we are sort of stuck stuck with him in in both a sort of um, uh, the the sense of identity and in a, in a financial and sort of practical sense. Do Cholton um, own the Valley Car? Is it yes. owned, so it's owned outright by the by the company, basically. Yeah. Okay. So I don't. There's. No, I don't think there's a there's a real danger of anything happening there. No. Um. And but but at the same time, it, it it's hard to know what he's trying to achieve in in. In, in not only owning us, but in owning other clubs around Europe who also have similar resentment to him. Um, yeah, it's, it's and, and I think maybe I think the, the worry is so in this interview he did at the weekend with Belgian TV, yeah. he sort of gave his first hint that you know he might be interested in or might consider selling selling the club. Uh, he sort of said that you know I mean he's he's seventy years old. Uh, and he's sort of saying, I, you know, I, I can't do this forever. There is a, I've, I've done calculations. He said apparently that he, right. he he knows when he wants to 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 call it a day. Um, so hopefully that's next week. Um, <laughs> but um, he's the the worry is that if you know if that is the case, he is thinking about selling. Um, this is this is coming at a time when those players I mentioned before, like Adamo Lookman and Esri Konza, are being linked with moves to Premier League clubs. Yeah. So the worry there is that in sort of just the, the the immediate future is that he cashes in on these players gets you know i mean lookman's being linked with sort of a 10 11 million pound move to everton so yeah. he cashes in on that takes the money for himself sells the club and we don't see any of it no i was going to say yeah. presumably any any large fee will be going to repay the loans yeah. that have been fronting up for the club for some time and there's, there's robinson sort of trying to to provide confidence by saying oh you know i want to sign X amount of players in January need a big change. It's all going to be okay because I'll sign X amount of players. Mm. But you know, he he might believe that, but we as supporters can't believe that because every time that that's been promised, it hasn't happened. Either the players that have come in have been dreadful, or they just simply haven't come in. I mean, Slade made the same promises. You know, oh, we're going to get more players in. He wanted five or six more players, and ended up with two more players, and that's the main reason why our squad is so weak. That we just haven't got any depth whatsoever. What's the state of play amongst fans? I mean, we've all been following the the protests and the the various, um, you know, the, the throwing of um, sponge balls onto the pitch and the uh, the funeral um, processions, things of that kind. Um, I haven't seen anything recently about that. Is, is that is that still as active as it was, or is there a certain numbness setting in for you now, Carl? As, as, I'm, I'm talking in in general terms amongst the fan base now. I think that the the opposition to the Chatelet is as strong as it's ever been, and if not only increasing. Right. Um, as a consequence of, of, I mean, obviously the opposition to the Chatelet isn't based around results, but obviously results don't help. They make it worse because they, they are they fuel uh, unhappiness, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah and they, just, they are connected to him. Yeah. Um, and obviously making comments that that antagonise his supporters doesn't help either. Um, but there is also a with the appointment of a new manager in the last in the, in the last few weeks, there has been a sort of a few, you know, of give the manager a sort of let him get get behind the team, you know, just support the team, worry about getting to Chatelet out in time. Um, but 
there has there has there's other protest groups, not just card. Uh, right, so you've got like a splintering of different groups. Not and... splintering as such, because they're all interconnected. They all, yeah. they all support each other, they all work each other. It's it's card it's is the um, the coalition group, the umbrella group, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. It's not just you know, it's not a case that one group's trying to outdo another group. Yeah. Um they they are all working together. So I don't think splintering's the right word. Uh, this is they're separate groups. Okay. Um, and there's one that are looking to extend the protest to Belgium, and they've done that recently. They've taken the protest to Belgium, and I think that might be what's really sort of getting on De Chatelet's. Well, back, if it's really. going into his backyard, then that will yeah. always be. I mean, um, for example, uh, and it's not that far away, Carl. You can drive no, over there, can't I, you? There's another, there's another one being organised. Another sort of trip to Belgium being organised. Um, I mean, obviously the the. The, the protests at the valley have been been clever and effective. They've they've, they've done the job in terms of um, in not only embarrassing the regime and showing, you know, how pathetic they are, yeah. uh, but attracting attention. You know, we're a League One club and we're getting national newspaper headlines. That that shows that the protests are doing a fantastic job because they you know they're attracting the attention that's required, and they're getting a, a, a wider opposition to De Chatelet, which is what's needed. Um, but there's only so many times you can repeat that um, for it to keep having the same impact. I'm just trying. Um, I'm just contrasting my mind. If a, if a Millwall posse went over to Belgium to, to protest <laughs> our Belgian owners, it might it might might be less clever. But I don't, I don't know how much more effective it might be. We're doing everything in the law, and I think that that, that helps help our position is the fact that we're doing everything in, might- in the right way. Um, they know, might not even make stuff. it. They might get stuck at a Belgian bar somewhere and not get actually get there. So there's always that outcome as well. Um, well, listen, more, more power to your elbow, mate. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, like I've said a few times on Twitter, you have to park your, your rivalries and, and sometimes see the bigger picture because this is there's too many of these stories the, around. The fact that Millwall fans are being sympathetic towards our situation. I know it's Oscar Wildean, isn't it? You know, nothing nothing aggravates your enemies more than their sympathy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, there's obviously Coventry um, also spiralling out of control at the moment. Blackpool have had their issues. Um, you know, and they want to nick our car park off us, Kyle. So you know, it's it's, it's there's too many um, there's too many things like this going around the game at the moment. So um, it's just it's just grim, isn't it? Every time every time you see a new story about you know a failing ownership or you know clubs, it, it's just it's just horrible. Lower league football, mate. Um, unfortunately, mm. it's all geared around the top flight, and um, the you know, devil take the hindmost. But um, wish you well. Um, we'll be giving this interview a little bit of bump on the. On the net, so um, I'm hoping that a few Charlton fans might want to tune in to ignore the result, perhaps, but at least get a you know get get your take on on the situation. So, uh, hats off to you for coming on the show, Kyle. <laughs> no problem, this, this is like a repeat conversation one without the Duchatelet part from from two years ago, uh, last time I spoke to you. I'd, I'd love to say I enjoyed it, <laughs> and we've got to do it again. The fixture list has thrown up the the reverse fixture in January. It's only a couple oh, of weeks no, away. Don't, don't remind me. Um, Horrible. <laughs> not, not even a month before you know we're um, capitulating again against you lot. It's 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 an odd thing. I just want to close out with um, your take on the, the you know football's most lopsided um, rivalry. It's an odd thing. I, I find it quite weird. Um, there's no rational reason for Mill to have dominated this particular derby to the extent they have. It's 35 games for one now for the for the Lions. I think it's only about 11 for Charlton in 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 in, in reverse. Um, it's odd. Do you not? I mean, from the from the Charlton side, is it? It's hard to rationalise it, isn't it? Because it's, 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 it's just odd. I mean, even when even when we played you with Chris Power in charge, who motivated his teams for the, the, the biggest games where the, the pressure was against them, and managed to get results. 
just capitulated. Every, I mean, no matter who's in charge, no matter who the players are, no matter what the situation is at the club, we just capitulate. We offer nothing. It, it makes no sense. Is it the intensity of the game? I mean, you know, like just going back to the atmosphere last night, which um, wasn't the most intense I've ever known at the ground, but we've seen it more than that. But that was pretty good last night. I mean, that was that was. I wouldn't fancy putting on a red shirt and running out in front of that that stadium. Do you think it's it's a factor, or is it is that over romanticising it from the Millwall perspective? It, Do we make it, too much of it? It, it might well be, but one, they're professional footballers and they should be able to deal with that and adapt, adapt to that. They're so in a big time, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, this is big it, time football. Not, it, it could be a reason, but it's not an excuse. And two, um, the same sort of uh, performances are seen at the Valley against against you lot. So yeah. I don't think that no, I, no. the Valley can be can be in, intense, but it's you know it's it's not got the reputation of being as intense as the Den. Um, I, I wouldn't claim it has. You've never had a decent uh, ride at the Valley, mate. No, that's that's true. <laughs> but, you know, it's like we're having the same performances at the Valley, so I don't think that no. the intensity of the atmosphere has anything to do with it, really. I think we'll leave it there, mate. I, I, can't, I can't press and prod you anymore. I really appreciate your time. <laughs> Uh, thanks for coming on the show again, no, Kyle. No um, maybe we'll do it again in a few weeks. We get we get this, the second um, we get the part two of this particular um, story in January. So perhaps we can catch up then, mate. But really appreciate your time, Kyle. All the best, mate. No problem, so. Achtung, Milwal. It's a Thursday morning nightmare, not a Sunday one, dear, dear listeners. In the wake of that fantastic 3-1 win over near neighbours from South East 7 Charlton last night, Neil Harris speaking to the News at Den website after the game, praising his, his team's high energy and aggressive approach in the game. Harris speaking to uh, John Kelly said, I thought they were fantastic finishes by the old boy up front. That's um, uh, Steve Morrison, by the way, in case you thought of any other interpretation of the word, uh, the phrase old boy. Um, the fantastic finishes by the old boy up front, excellent composure and real quality, said Bomber. We created chances. We were high energy and aggressive at the right times. We played on the front foot and everything I asked of them in a Millwall performance they gave me tonight. Uh, Neil Harris is delighted with the result, but what I will say is the goal we conceded was disappointing on the counter-attack. Um, hint of offside looking at the TV today, but anyway, that's um, neither here nor there. They, they did pull us apart slightly in the passing movement. Uh, but Harris goes on to say defensively he thought Millwall were outstanding last night, and I agree with him. It was an outstanding night's entertainment from the Millwall perspective you can only beat who's in front of you Charlton look like a side in, in disarray they've got a lot of off-field problems which um, any football fan um, should not take any any pleasure from in my opinion um, the regime there needs to change um, but certainly last night unfortunately they had a squad that was just in no shape or mental condition to start overturning the the hoodoo the 35 game win to 11 game hoodoo that exists from the Lions over the the Valiants I can't call them the addicts. I know their nickname. I always called them the Valiants. It was the nickname from when I was a kid. Uh, the addicts just seems a bit silly to me. But anyway, there we are. Praising the 14,000 Mill fans, or 12,000 Mill fans. 14,395 there last night. A couple of thousand Charlton. So it was about 12,000 Mill Wall. Um, Neil Harris said they were excellent. And it was an electric atmosphere inside the ground. I must say it was one of the best atmospheres in, in some time. Um, last one I think I mentioned in the live piece was obviously the Bradford home game, which was something different again, given what was at stake. But last night's was a good old school Millwall home crowd performance, and that's what we want to see more of 
down the den. It, it makes a difference when you've got a decent um, local derby to, to watch. Most of the teams we're watching are from the dead zone and it's hard to get motivated when you're playing the likes of Fleetwood Town, etc. blah, blah, blah. But um, Charlton, no, it's, it's, of course, it's, it's not our cup final. as one or two make out on the, on, from the Charlton side. I've read of, um, some clown called Henry Irving making out that it's Mill's cup final. No, no, it isn't really, is it? It's, uh, it's a local derby. If you can't get yourself excited and if you can't motivate yourself to want to win that, then I'd say you're the ones with the issues, not the, not the Millwall fans that turned out and, and gave it everything last night. But as Neil Harris says, um, last night's result gives us momentum, confidence and belief. And it puts the belief back in the fan base. So, well done, Lions. One or two um, little post-game remarks regarding one or two players that seem to have expressed a desire to leave the club. Now, we can only speculate who those are. Marlon Romeo was benched last night. Sid Nelson and Joe Martin were left out of the match day 18. So, one wonders whether um, they might be loaned out or, or, or shipped out, um, all three of them in their different ways. Um, last night's defensive performance for me was, was much, much stronger. Uh, and it's interesting who wasn't in the, in the feature as against those who, who were. Praising um, some of his players, uh, Harris says most of the squad had man flu, colds, whatever you want to call it this week. Gregory, Greggs ran himself into the ground, so he did. And um, putting Aidan O'Brien in there to give us a link and an extra pass was key at the stage that he left the game. On the net, we've got a variety of comment, as you can appreciate. Charlie Mahoney, one of our show regulars, tweets, Jill Dando, Tupac Shakur, Mother Teresa... Princess Diana, Gary Glitters Carita, <laughs> Gary, Gli- Gary Glitters Korea, Gary Glitters Glitter, what the fuck was that? Gary Glitters Korea, all alive and well. The last time Cholton built beat Millwall, I think I lost the momentum of that line there, Charlie. But we get a picture, mate. Mick MFC in response to Richard Corley of the South London Press said the scoreline flattered them. We weren't that good, but we should have had two or three more last night. And there's their goal was offside, says Mick. Lee Gregory, I don't know who Lee Gregory is, do you? Ooh, he says, ooh, that feels good. Ooh, keep the change, you filthy animal. Derby, three points, says Lee. We know where you're coming from, Lee. Mulroy says, death, taxes, a mill beating Charlton, being the only certain things in life. Nick Bunclark says, you can see why the CAFC kept on setting off distress flares after that display. Very nice, Nick, I like it. Um, Omar Ronain tweets he could keep going through the team with praise through that whole side Fred hasn't skipped the gym recently in praise a Paul Eiffel-esque performance says Omar goes on to say he's the best he's seen Fred play for us this season solid this season but superb last night Jack TK says that was a good team that we put out tonight last night Fred Thompson Morrison excellent keep Craig at left back and buy a couple in the window and we'll be sorted says Jack Neil Fissler, in reply to Jack, says he thought Hutchinson did pretty well, as did Cummings. I agree with Neil. Uh, ben Thompson stroke Pogba, man of the match by a mile, says Neil. Uh, the man in block 11, as ever, with an acid touch, refers to the Salvation Army band members on the pitch and not one of them offering to support the Charlton fans, says the man in block 11. Very, very dry. Um, Mossy refers to the, um, the, the now um, famous vest worn by Steve Morrison, paying tribute to Ben Thompson's brother. It was the second anniversary of his, of his passing two years ago. And um, Morrow wore a, 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 a vest with a slogan saying, this one's for you, Jack, in reference to Ben, Tom, uh, ben Thompson's brother. Fantastic gesture by Steve Morrison. And as Life Addict says, absolutely, Ben did his brother proud last night. So he did. Fantastic show by Ben Thompson, my man of the match. Tom Dean... 
Uh, said Fred, man of the match for him. Covered a lot of ground. Did the dirty work. Oh, we do like the dirty work on this show. Shame about the end product. Um, for AOB, read the total opposite. Um, so I think that's, a, that's detrimental to AOB. Um, speaking after the game, um, Jimmy Stone, Charlton fan Jimmy Stone says, beaten 2-0 by Peterborough United. Labelled stupid by the club's owner. Tick, tick to those two. Beaten 3-1 by Millwall. Tick, Merry Christmas Charlton fans. And I think that's meant ironically. Um, Henry Irving, I've referred to already, his cup final nonsense. Um, but he did get one tweet dead right. That's a summary of the match tonight. Two sides of equal limited ability. But Millwall had far more spirit and heart. Disgrace, says Henry. Make you right, Henry. The player ratings on the News of Den. We do love the player ratings. Um, Jordan Archer in goal, receiving a 6.6 from the collective, the ball collective that is the Millwall support, the News of Den fan base. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Um, I didn't think he had that much to do last night, apart from perhaps pick out the ball from that, that uh, goal. So I gave him a 6, but um, the, the, uh, the, the fan base gave him 6.6 .6 overall. Tony Craig, unfair, 6.2. I thought he did okay in left-back position. Um, I would give him high on that. I think the defensive unit as a whole did well last night. So I'm going to give him a 7. Craig getting 6.2 from the fan base. I think that's a bit of a residue of bad feeling still, but there we are. Pre-match boo for him as well, I noticed, before the game. I think that's unfair. Sean Cummings did very well last night. He gets 7.2 from the News of Den fans. Um, I make that about right. 7 out of 10 for Sean. Hutchinson and Webster, 7.3 for Hutchinson, 7.6 for Byron. Um, two good marks. I'd, I'd, I'd go with those those marks, 7s out of 10 for both. Fred did well for me last night. Um, he's getting 7.8 from the from the internet crowd. Um, I would give him something around a 7. That was a good show, possibly even an 8. You could argue about an 8. Ben Thompson is the star man on the news at Denar. I gave him a 9 out of 10. He's getting 9.3 off the, uh, off the, uh, the, the fan base. Um, and I think that's about par par for the course last night. A fantastic show. He ran page through that Charlton Central defence, which is a weak area of them identified before the game, but that was a fantastic show from Ben. 9.3 on the news at Den. Sean Williams did very well. Fantastic pass. 7.7 uh, .7 on the news at Den. I'd, I'd go with that. I'd give him an 8. I thought we, I think we ran the midfield actually last night. Up front, Lee Gregory. Good show by Lee Gregory. Unfortunately, in the early part of the first half, when he missed that um, back pass back to Aidan O'Brien, I would have backed myself to shoot there, but maybe he's not feeling 100%. He gets 7.5 from the news at Den. I would go with an 8 for personally for Lee Gregory up front. An 8 for Steve Morrison, who gets 8.9 from the net. Um, I would go with an 8 out of 10 for Steve Morrison. Another um, polished Steve Morrison, silver grey fox show up front. And Aidan O'Brien gets 7.5. I thought he did okay last night for me. Aidan O'Brien took the... Uh, well, the, Watching the TV, actually, it's, a, it's an own goal, but he was in the mix. He had to put himself in the position for that first goal. Came off the Charlton man's head and went into the net, but who gives a shit? And then the subs, I don't bother with those. So overall, fantastic performance. I hope you've enjoyed this very special midweek edition of Achtung Millwall. Big thank you to Carl Andrews for having the balls to come on the show. Um, hats off to him. And a very Merry Christmas to you all, no matter where you are, from the Virgin Islands to the Isle of Man, from Lewisham to um, Blackheath. Happy Christmas, listeners. Thank you for all your support. And I'm not going away with some dirty northern punts to spit all over me. These spits are You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.